that is it for the week. Uh, until next week, peace. Bye. Wakanda forever. <laughs> You're listening to the Snob OS Podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. And this is Nika Monford, a.k.a. Tech Savvy Diva. And you're tuned in to the Snob OS show, the show for Apple snobs where we talk all things Apple and then some. We are back. We are back with another show. Uh, Thank you for listening and also thank you for watching. If you do want to catch the Snob OS taping live, if you do want to have access to our pre-show where we talk about things that is not on the regular show, or if you want access to our Discord chat where we talk all things tech, we get ideas for the next show, and we kind of really talk with our listeners, support the show. You can become a Patreon for a little as $5 a month. You'll get all of those things. Uh, again, thank you for your support for all of our current Patreons. Like I said before, in the pre-show, you are uh, motivating us. You're pushing us to do a little bit better, to step up our game, which is why we're adding videos, why we're doing it live. So we definitely want to thank you for that because without your support, we could not grow. So we definitely want to thank you for that. And having said that, yep, we're going to actually move right into the show. We're going to move into the first section where we talk about all things Apple with the lowdown. Uh, only got two um, topics because I wanted to keep, you know, keep the dialogue going and, you know, <laughs> try to keep the show within an hour because we be talking. <laughs> so we're going to probably we keep, be talking. Right. So we're going to keep the the um, the article short and sweet. But at the same time, we're going to make sure we give you our lowdown. So the first one I wanted to point out was actually, Nika, you talked about this last week, uh, iOS 13.7 beta, which was in beta. Now this week, they've actually moved it and pushed it public. So now, uh, as of yesterday, you can download iOS 13.7. And with iOS 13.7, it gets the exposure notifications that you mentioned last week. So let me go ahead and get the actual article so you can see that. So basically, basically what happens is, like Nika mentioned, um, instead of you having to uh, download a third party app from public health, uh, wherever you're uh, located, you can actually opt in, even though iOS 13.7 has COVID-19 exposure notifications already built in, you still have to opt in to receive those notifications. But the benefit to this latest update is um, you don't have to download a separate app to receive the notifications. Once you opt in, then your local public health uh, organization can uh, send out those notifications. They can notify you if somebody you know, somebody you've been in contact to has been exposed. And the next steps that you can do, uh, uh, next steps basically for the exposure notifications. Uh, it looks like D.C., Maryland, Nevada and Virginia will be the first to implement these exposure notifications, but it's coming to Apple and Google um, as of right now. So for all my iOS people, you can download iOS 13.7 and going forward, all the Android folks who want this as well, because Apple and Google partnered up to do this. Uh, it's coming to the Google Play Store soon. They didn't have a specific date, but uh, definitely soon you'll be able to get that. So uh, shout out to Apple, shout out to Google 
for doing the exposure notifications. So is this something even even with this, I still see people having trepidations about giving up data. So I guess I wanted to ask you, uh, is this something that you'll opt into provided your area has the um, uh, has the ability to send out these notifications? Or are you still kind of like, eh, I don't know about them having my location, about them seemingly kind of knowing anonymously, but knowing who I come in contact with? Is this something that bothers you or? It, it does. It does bother me. I'm not sure. I haven't done the update yet. I'm not sure if it's something that you can turn on and off because I've still been, you know, pretty much inside and I only go out for, you know, supply runs, grocery store, that kind of thing. So I think, you know, if I could like, you know, turn it on and turn it off. So turn it off when I'm at home and maybe turn it on when I go to certain areas that I know are heavily populated, uh-huh. then I I may would do it that way. I'm just not sure how the opt-in actually works, uh, whether you have that flexibility of, you know, toggling on and off or not, or or even if you do, do they still, you know, on the back end some kind of way trace you or or something like that. I, I'm not sure. I'll have to do a little more research on the actual implementation. I know we've talked about what it would contain and how it would work, uh-huh. but now that it's actually implemented, I would like to see more on what the implementation looks like. Yeah. So I'm trying to read through the story and I don't see anything where they say how you can toggle this. I'm assuming if you opt in, I'm assuming you can opt out, but it may not be as simple as just toggling a switch. You may have to, once you opt out, you may have to go through some sort of steps in order to log back in further, just being a toggle on and off. Um, I got 13. No, you know what? Yes, I do have 13.7. Uh, on another device. So I'll definitely have to go in there and look and see uh, if you can just turn it on and off. I would hope, I would think you can, but uh, well, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the article and it says that you have to install provisioning profile. Uh, so, okay. so it may not be that simple. So I don't think it's going to be that simple. You probably have to delete the the profile and then add it back every time you want. And that's a lot of work. Right. So, right. Okay. So yeah. All right. Or maybe I'll add it once I once it comes to Georgia, maybe I'll opt in. And by that time, they may have, you know, people have gotten used to it. They may have some more data surrounding, you know, how it actually works. So maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I haven't decided. But like I said, I'm still in the house for the most part. <laughs> well, you know, uh, we do the same thing. We're in the house with the exception of, you know, going to the store, making uh, important runs. But we uh, things are starting to creep up to where we can't avoid them more so than just, you know, a couple of weeks or maybe in a month or two ago, like doctor's appointments, you know, I've been to the dentist, uh, my kids have been to the dentist, you know, my wife has been to the doctor, you know, things that we wasn't doing when this first started. Right. Uh, in addition to, you know, going to grocery store, you know, um, or other things where we have to go out, we're starting, you know, schools back in. Mm-hmm. So my wife has had to make trips to the store, you know, um, you know, while I'm here, you know, there are some things around the house that need to be done. So I have made runs to get equipment and supplies for home improvement projects. So all that stuff is starting to build up to where we're starting to venture out a little bit more. So having said that, I will probably um, turn on the exposure notifications just to see how it works. And, you know, just to have that extra layer of, okay, well, if I've been in contact with anybody, at the very least, I'll know. And I'm willing to I right now I can say, you know, until <laughs> until otherwise noticed, you know, I trust that Apple and Google and these public health uh, administrations or organizations 
are going to do my bet, do their due diligence as far as the data is concerned. It's anonymized, all that good stuff. And like I said, until further notice, uh, for this specific reason, I think I probably am going to give them access to it. But again, like I said, I'm definitely going to watch it and see what stories come as a result of this, because of course, this is data. This is juicy information. So I'm pretty sure all of the websites and the journalists and the bloggers, you know, if anything comes out about any data being leaked or exposed or, you know, done anything, you know, with any sort of malice, they're going to find out about it. So it'll be interesting to see what those stories are, if there are any. So, but having said all that, I definitely will probably use it and see how it works. And and by the time it gets to Georgia, I mean, all the other states will probably have it because we are just last so slow. <laughs> last. Yeah, we, so we fight with our governor right now. We bet it by then. Yeah. And like, I know you said that, you know, you, you guys have um, been to the dentist and docs and stuff. I haven't been to any and I'm going, it's, it's coming up where, you know, I normally get my two dentist appointments in. Mm-hmm. So it's come to the point now where I'm going to have to just suck it up and I'm going to have to do all my appointments. I'm going to try and strategically schedule them so I can get like everything done with like in one between like one to two weeks. Right. So if I do get exposed, it'll be, you know, all at that one time. So when I go back in, I should be covered. So. So, yeah. So that's just good. All right. All right. So uh, moving on to the iPhone 12 rumor mill. Um there isn't, you know, this about this time where all the regular Apple news has just gone to the wayside and everybody's trying to scoop the next iPhone 12 look, design, features, price, release date, all that good stuff. So there's a story in The Verge where it talks about not just the iPhone 12 up- upcoming release, but it also talks about other devices, specifically the there's a new iPad Air that's rumored to be released. And there is a rumored I Apple Watch SE. I mean, that's the name that they're giving it, the nickname, but it's actually the Apple Watch version, the third generation, but it's got the updated processor. It's got the updated internals, all the things that the original uh, Apple Watch 3 does not have. So those are two devices that's looking to be released with the iPhone 12. Uh, in addition to just iPhone 12 news, um, it's pretty much been all confirmed that it's going to come with 5G. Um, there will be multiple. Um, there may also be rumors that there may be a 4G version for the lower, less expensive one. Um, as far as the lower end models are concerned, the lower end models are going to have a aluminum outer housing. So you've seen the pictures, you know, where all the leaks there has that outer band. The outer mm-hmm. band and maybe even the rear is going to be aluminum. And then the pro models are going to get the a steel, a steel outer version, uh, outer housing rather, uh, versus just the aluminum to give it that pro look and feel. Um, the iPhone 6.7 inch, the iPhone 12 Pro Max, that is rumored to be the only one that has the LiDAR scanner, which is basically you can, it'll, uh, uh, virtually uh, graph, you know, different um, areas and different surfaces and create like a 3D map. Uh, so that's what the LiDAR scanner is. And it's like I said, it's rumored that the iPhone, the, the big daddy, the 6.7 inch iPhone 12 Pro Max will be the only one with the LiDAR scanner. So we'll definitely see um, what's, what's going to come up with that. Uh, other things that's supposed to come out with the iPhone 12 launch or 
somewhere around the area is a smaller, cheaper home pod and the over the ear studio uh, AirPods Pro. So those are the, the devices that are supposed to be released. That's just all the news going around with the iPhone 12. So I guess my question to you is, are you, I think we asked this before, are you upgrading to the iPhone 12 and are you getting yes. any of this new stuff? And are you looking at an uh, iPad Air or uh, Apple Watch version 6? Or I'm, I'm definitely upgrading to the iPhone 12. Um, I don't think, because I think this, the new Apple Watch, this is a lower end model, I think. I don't think, I don't think based on the one that I have, I think, is this the four? Yeah, uh, I think this is the four. Does it have, have four. does it have the 44 millimeter or 38? Because the older Apple Watch is up until the Apple Watch version three had a, a smaller face. Yeah, this is a 44, so it's it's the 4. Okay. It's Series go. 4. Okay. So I, I don't see, I don't, I mean, unless I'm just knocked over by, you know, the slower, the slower end replacement, then uh, probably not. Okay. Um, the over the ears, I don't know. Um, it just depends on how they look. Right, right. I still haven't gotten the, um, the AirPod Pros. Uh-huh. I've been kind of waffling, but I was like, let me just wait this close to time right. to see if anything comes out. But no, I love my iPad pro. So I don't see, I don't see the need for an air. Okay. All right. I'm definitely going to uh, probably upgrade to the iPhone 12, probably definitely going to upgrade to the Apple watch six. Cause I have the series four as well. And I'm at the point now to where it's like, I'm skipping a generation on everything. I have the um, second gen iPad pro. So I'm going to wait until, and there's been another one that just re- was released earlier this year. So I'll skip that one. So the next iPad Pro, I'll probably jump on that. Um, I thought I, it was an Air though. The no, no, well, the next, so this is an iPad Air that's coming out in September-ish. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they'll announce another iPad Pro down the road. That's the one I'll probably get. So I'll pass on this iPad Air. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. passing on the Air. If they come up with another Pro, then I probably will. Yeah, yeah. And then, like you said, uh, I, I, <laughs> I probably will get the over-the-air um, headphones just to compare them because I've got a pair of Sony um, over-the-air. Well, that's not what these are. <laughs> these are some super cheap ones that I need to replace anyway. But um, I have a pair of Sony uh, um wireless noise canceling headphones and I'm interested to see how they compare how Apple will compare with some of the ones that's already been out. So definitely want to check those out. So all right, well wait for your Sony headphones, um do you does it have like I know they're wireless, but does it have the option to plug in? Because uh, I think the beats they have the option to they have like a three and a half millimeter no jack you can plug in. I would have to look. I wanna say yes, but I mean I never even bothered to look. I know they have a port for charging, but I guess it would make sense to also have a 33.5 millimeter port, but I never bothered to look and see. So I'd have to go and actually confirm if it does. Uh, if not, I guess that's where everything is going. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if just in case they would have a 3.5 millimeter jack. I'm trying to think what was all in the box when I opened it. And I don't ever remember seeing a 3.5 millimeter jack. I just took it out, charged it up and ran with it. So um, I'm pretty sure the studio AirPods, the Apple studio AirPods won't <laughs> have a 3.5 millimeter jack. No. Um, if they do, I guess 
Would that It'll be probably a USB C? Right. But then you can't plug that really into anything other than Apple products. Like, you know how we use we both use Yeti mics and it right. has a three and a half millimeter jack. Right. So you wouldn't likely be able to use your over the ear unless with, unless unless it comes with a jack. Well, or an and, option or a converter or something like right, that. Right, right. And I've seen a lot of people do it in interviews, like when they're on national TV or just, just in general on television, people are using the AirPods, the wireless. I've always strayed away from that simply because it'd be me on a national uh, interview and the batteries die. And then I'm scrambling on the live. Oh, the connection's kind of, oh, the connection's kind of flaky. Exactly, exactly. When you're wired in, you know. You know you're, you're good. Exactly. So it'll be interesting to see for that point. They may just keep a 3.5 millimeter jack because, you know, all of the MacBooks uh, and MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, um, they still have a 3.5 millimeter jack, even though they have USB-C as well. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, for that reason, you know, if they include. Especially at this time frame with everybody kind of locked in, you're having everything remote. Exactly. Exactly. So that'd be interesting to see. That's a little side note we'll have to keep keep our eyes on. All right. So, all right. So let's move on. To, unless you had anything else, uh, we'll move out of the lowdown and move into second string where we talk all things tech in general, which all of these stories have an Apple spin to them, but they have other things as well. So I thought that was cool that even though we only have two official specific exclusive Apple stories, all of these stories have something to do with Apple. So I'm going to go with hey, the, back. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna go with the first one for the second string. Uh, DC Metro riders uh, now can use their iPhone as their Metro card. So I thought that was cool that the fact that, you know, companies like, you know, DC Metro are actually converting to digital, uh, more of a mobile virtual digital wallet that, you know, is already connected to your iPhone or your Android. So uh, I thought it was cool also because the reason why, they kind of uh, the DC Metro actually went with moving your uh, Metro card over to Apple Pay or Apple Wallet rather is because of cost saving features, right? Because nobody's really riding the um, DC Metro or the Metro bus as well because as much because of Corona, right? So mm-hmm. the fact that they have to con- move to technology. For cost savings, because if the more people are converting their Metro cards to, uh, to to their phones via Apple Wallet, the less stations they, they have, have to make cards. right? They actually have to spit out cards. Um, the less uh, the less support for those um, stations, because if they break down, they got to get somebody to come in and fix it and repair them. But if everybody's doing it and reloading their cards and paying for upgrades and actually using their phones as a card, that's just less, that's more cost savings that can actually combat the uh, lack of fares they're getting because people are not riding as much. So I thought that was pretty cool. I wanted to put that in there uh, because of COVID. So is it just for, is it just for Apple for iOS devices or is it for Androids too? Or do they already have it? Um, they don't already have it. Uh, in the story that I'm reading, um, it, they rolled out to Apple first, and I think oh, wow. they're going to eventually, yeah, um, nearly all Metro riders have a smartphone, according to Wedgefield. I'm guessing he's a uh, representative for Metro, uh, DC Metro. Um, he's a general manager. Okay, yeah. 
He said the agency is currently working with Google to make the same digital options available to Android users, but could not give a specific timeline for that. So, uh, again, it's in the works. yeah, it's in the works. So, you know, like I said, I'm all for it. You know, all all the cities, all the, the metropolitan areas that are starting to convert to more digital wallets, the more other uh, counties, more other metropolitan areas, you know, public transit, you know, um, more government officials, government uh, offices will do this. So I'm all for it. Like I said, I'm I'm ready for a time where I don't have to take my wallet. I can just take my phone. Take my phone. And, yeah. it ha- and, it ha- and- Go ahead. No, and I was going to say, and, you know, you can just have your phone and you don't have to have all this extra stuff. Everything is digital. You can access it. And also in the age of COVID, I mean, it's a public health service as well. Right. So people don't have to, like, swipe through and touch machines and, and all that type of stuff. Right. Wave your phone over and keep moving. Pass money, you know, stick yep. your credit card in the little thing that who yep. knows what's up in Type there. Type in your pen or your zip code. Right. On the, on, the, on the grimy screen, you know. So, like you said, it's, it's you know, silver lining, I guess, with COVID-19 that companies are forced to move the technology, you know, schools are going to digital learning, uh, corporations are doing work from home, and it kind of, you know, automatically, you know, uh, validates what we've known all along. Is these these things we can do, we can do with technology to make them cheaper, make it safer, make it easier. Uh, it just ha- sucks that they had to, <laughs> COVID-19 had to pull that out, but I guess it is what it is. All right. All right. So moving on to the next one, Uh, Apple, Google, Amazon raise prices to combat tax hikes in the UK. So, you know, the UK, they don't play when it comes to um, these companies paying their fair share taxes. You know, American companies, they always, you know, kind of cut every corner. Right. Right. Or they try to explain that, hey, you know, we're passing these cost savings on the users and, you know, we're American jobs are creating all these jobs. So they kind of use that to kind of validate the less taxes that they pay. You know, Amazon is notoriously one of the main companies that pays almost nothing in taxes, but they are like a billion trillion dollar company. Same thing with Apple. I ain't gonna leave them out. You know, they make a trillion of dollars and, you know, they I'm pretty sure their tax rate compared to regular folks is bananas, you know, over in America. Right. But over in the UK, they don't play that. Right. So they've actually started charging more uh, in taxes for companies like Apple, Google and Amazon. And to combat that, um, these companies have decided they're going to increase um, uh, prices for commissions. You know, so anybody that's doing business on Amazon, uh, Google and Apple over in the UK, they're going to have to pay more in commissions or um, they're going to have to uh, uh, be charged more to list their products on Amazon, for example. You know, so I, I wanted to get your opinion on, you know, if companies that are doing business in the UK, their response to paying more in taxes is to charge consumers more. I, I want to get your opinion on how do you feel Uh, companies are going to react when if American policies or politicians or American governments start to reach into the pockets of these corporations, do you think they're going to do the same thing over here? Can, can, can taxing corporations work in the U S knowing that this is the response in the UK? I think that 
U.S. corporations will find a way around it. Mm -hmm. Um, And particularly, you know, with the administration that we have, you know, we've already seen how they've tried to slash things. And even with, you know, um, Democratic um, administrations, you know, they always try to kowtow to the business. And I think if, if folks are seeing that the cost of this is being passed on to them. I'm not sure how they do in the UK, but I can see that being a huge issue and Mm -hmm. a huge uproar in the United States because it's already, these companies are already Mm -hmm. not paying next to nothing in taxes. Mm -hmm. And so so now when they increase it, you want to, whatever the increase is, you want to pass that on to me as the consumer rather than pay your fair share. Right. So I'm so my guess is they would do exactly that. So let me go back. I'm gonna go back to the story and actually read the part that I'm talking about as far as what Apple's gonna do in response to these additional taxes. Apple is changing uh, how it pays developer fees on the App Store in the UK. On top of the usual 20% VAT VAT, I'm not sure what that is. It pays to the government on each purchase. It's adding an extra 2% before splitting what remains between the developer and Apple. So Apple is charging the developers uh, this difference, um, meaning less money for both. Google, meanwhile, is increasing fees for all advertising bought on Google ads and YouTube in the UK by 2%. And this is a quote, digital service taxes increase the cost of digital advertising. A Google spokesperson, a spokeswoman rather, told The Guardian regarding the news. Typically, these kind of cost increases are borne by customers, and like any other companies affected by this tax, we will be adding a fee to our uh, invoices uh, from November. And then just to close it out, uh, Amazon is also increasing fees for third-party sellers by 2%. It told sellers it had previously held off of this increase while the UK's digital service tax was being discussed. But, quote, now that legislation is passed, we want to inform you that we will be increasing referral fees Fulfillment by Amazon fees, monthly FBA storage fees, and multi-channel fulfillment fees by 2% in the UK to reflect this additional cost. So they ain't playing. They like legitimately is like, oh, y'all going to charge us or we going to charge the people. So it'll be interesting to see what UK's response to this is. And it'll be interesting to see, like we mentioned before, if the United States try this, which they may but I don't think it's going to work because America yeah, and corporations, seeing, they'll see they're waiting. They're taking the wait and see approach. Mm-hmm. They, by they, I mean the U S to see how this all unfolds in the UK. And I don't think it's going to happen the way they want it to. And also I, I read through the rest of the article and there is a correction at the bottom. Okay. Um, and it says a previous version of the story said, Apple is increasing its cut of developer fees in the UK. That is incorrect. Apple adjustments to prices and tax withholding do not affect its proportional revenue shared with developers. So it looks like it won't be passed on to the developers, but the the overall tax will be passed on to consumers. Okay. Well, so yeah. Uh, but either way, the 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 it's going to be passed on. Yeah, to, yeah. To the consumers, yeah. and I don't think anybody's going to have that at all. Yeah, these corporations are not going to eat that and say, you know what. I think it is time for us to pay our fair share. That doesn't even sound American. <laughs> no. I hate to and say it. And Jeff Bezos just crossing the $200 billion mark, mm-hmm. you know, you would think that he could. But, I mean, when you look at, you know, the share of 
uh, that his um, ex-wife got from their divorce mm-hmm. and the amount of money that she's given away, knowing that he has significantly more than that. And what has he, you know, handed out? Right. Maybe he's done it on the low, but I don't see Jeff Bezos doing that type of thing and not publicizing it. Right. So, you know, and and that I think is going to be one of the arguments. You have the person who owns this company crossing the two hundred billion dollar mark, and now you want to pass on these costs to your consumers, like they're like, bro, like what? That makes no sense. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's see. Let's go to the next story. So we got uh, Facebook's in-app purchase update edited by Apple. So (laughs) this is a funny story. I wanted to get your opinion on it as well. So the way it works is Facebook rolled out a feature to where they're going to let influencers figure out a way to um, make money uh, during in the age of COVID, right? So they're they've rolled out a um, a feature that lets people on Facebook charge for like virtual events. In the in the um, uh, pull up the story, in the example of the story that I'm reading, you know the in the picture, it looks like um, a influencer wants to um, charge people for a virtual cooking class, right? But at the mm-hmm. bottom of this advertisement, it, the, the one that Apple edited, the, the original version, Facebook says, Apple takes 30% of this purchase. Learn more. By placing the order, you agree to these terms and the Facebook data policy, you'll be uh, marked as so on, going blah, 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 so on and so forth. So Apple didn't like that. So in the picture, they actually edited to say, Facebook doesn't take a fee from this purchase. Learn more. So... Facebook looks like it was being petty, especially Mm -hmm. with all this Fortnite stuff was going on, you know, Mm -hmm. Apple and 30%. We talked about WordPress, Apple trying to muscle WordPress into charging in-app purchases. So it sounds like everybody is starting to circle the wagon as it relates to uh, Apple and these developer uh, 30% in-app purchase developer fees. So Facebook is kind of over there instigating <laughs> what it, what it looks like uh, yeah. instigating by trying to let users know exactly the what they pay, what goes where. So Apple, according to Apple, said um, this this message from Facebook about this in-app purchase is irrelevant. And additionally, I wanted to say uh, this move from Facebook also comes after Apple adds the ad tracking privacy features to iOS 14 mm-hmm. that may cut into Facebook's advertising revenue revenue yep. because when you go to facebook.com or you use the Facebook app, if you're on an iPhone, it tells you Facebook may be tracking you. Do you want to continue? You know, and most people nowadays, they may say, no, I don't want to continue. And if you don't continue, then Facebook can't track you. We talked about this a couple of weeks before. Yep. Um, so it sounds like may, Facebook may be being petty by a little retaliatory. But <laughs> I was reading some of the comments in this story and I'll pull it back up, see if I can get to the bottom again. Uh, some of the comments in the story, you know, people were saying, um, let me see if I can open them up real quick. Come on. There we go. Um, so people are saying, um, uh, I'm, I, I'm sure Apple is trolling Facebook, uh, so on and so forth. But I, I was reading somewhere to people are saying, making a good point 
to where it's like, you know what? I really don't rock with Facebook like that. But at the same time, consumers should know where their money is going. And I was like, yeah, you know what? That that brings up a good point. So I guess the my tides are turning. <laughs> yeah. So my question to you was going to be, you know, is this Facebook being petty, or is the point to where you should know if you're doing an in-app purchase where your money is going, what portion is going here, what's going portions there, is that legitimate? And uh, to to piggyback off of that, is Apple's thirty percent cut as a whole legitimate? You know, should they change that, or is that the cost of doing business? I think Facebook is definitely being petty. Okay, all right. They do exactly what they were doing. Right. I don't know how they thought that this would pass through Apple's code of standards. Right. But they were like, we're going to try it anyway. (laughs) So this is definitely petty, especially the way it's worded. Apple takes 30% of this purchase. Uh They knew exactly what they were doing. But Apple was being as equally petty when they changed it to Facebook does not take a fee from this purchase. So it's petty on both sides. And I think Facebook is already pissed about the ad tracking that we've already talked about. Um, I think they're pissed um, that Apple is definitely cracking down on what honestly is Facebook's primary um, revenue stream. Right. Ads. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being able to sell their users data to, to their, to their partners. So I definitely think uh, it was petty and it was funny Mm -hmm. and they're trying to get on board and help drive the case to, you know, essentially help Fortnite and, you know, some of the other companies that are suing saying that the app store is is a monopoly. Uh So I definitely think there's like, let's get in on this and see where we can get some benefit from, from what's going on. So I definitely think, you know, that's the case. And as far as 30%, I don't foresee Apple budging because where else are people going to go? And I think it's just the cost of doing business. I really do. Right. If they change it, I would be extremely surprised because if you open the door and give them an inch, people are going to come for that mile. Right. And once you, you know, what I say, measure, measure twice, cut once. Right. Once you cut it, you can't, it, it's no going back. Right, so. right, right. You know, and I, uh, uh, speaking of which, I saw some other stories that I, I, you know, didn't have a place to put them, but, you know, People are reporters are starting to dig in and journalists are starting to dig into this 30 percent thing and trying to and are discovering that there are some anomalies that, you know, I don't know. I don't want to call them exclusions. I don't want to call people special cases, right? Special cases to where, you know, Apple isn't treating everybody the same. And there are some special cases. There are some exclusions. There are some uh, anomalies to this flat 30 percent tax. And it'd be interesting to see if those are unearthed to a point to where it starts to poke holes in Apple's strategy that everybody gets 30 percent. We take 30 percent from everybody. No ifs, ands and buts. Right. So it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, definitely. All right. All right. So I think that is it for the second string. Now we're going to move into the for the culture segment where we talk all things social, all things tech or just whatever we want to talk about. Uh, I think this week I kind of uh, <laughs> threw some shade at the uh, upcoming <laughs> versus battle between Brandy and Monica. For those who don't know, those are super popular 90s uh, female artists, uh, singers that kind of actors yeah, and actors that um, uh, we listened to in our teenage slash college years growing up. So 
Uh, like I said, I threw some shade at the fact that even though they were popular, I didn't think they had enough hits. So uh, I, I want to turn it over to uh, Nika, who kind of checked me on the idea that they do have a catalog and their versus battle was Monday. Was it Monday night? It was Monday night. It was Monday night. Uh, I got distracted with my son, but Nika did send me a text message to let me know how many people were actually watching the versus battle. Uh, so I'll turn it over to her to give her her breakdown of the Brandy versus Monica uh, thing that happened on Monday. Okay. So first of all, it was definitely black girl fun time. Okay. All the black girls I know, I had a couple different group chats going during this whole thing. Uh-huh. And on Twitter, so I had to get my setup right. So I had my iPad on the actual battle uh-huh. and I had my phone so I could do my Twittering because what's the point of watching a versus battle when you can't engage with family on Twitter? Well, that's how it so, works now. Uh, that's how it works. So I started and I wasn't going to use um, Instagram because Instagram has been janky the last few times I've tried to work the versus battle and I was going to use Apple Music. Before, I think they had one on Apple TV, so I thought it was going to be on Apple TV. It uh-huh. was not. So I went to Apple Music and it wouldn't show up on my iPad the way it showed up on my phone. So I ended up ultimately going to to um, to Instagram. But they had on Apple Music, they had the the you could either listen to just the, the audio. Right. Or you could watch the video as well. Right. So um, I got in a couple minutes late because technical difficulties. But when I got in, I think we were at maybe 650K. And that was maybe five or so minutes in. By the time it hit the 10 minute mark, and mind you, they hadn't even come on screen yet. They were still, you know, getting whatever they were doing mm-hmm. on the side. But um, but by the time they came on, um, it, it just kept climbing, kept climbing, kept climbing. So before I give you the number of what the total was, this was like a whole like production. They had commercials and everything, which I thought was pretty funny. So mm-hmm. Monica had a commercial of her getting ready to go to the versus battle okay. and their biggest song, the boy is mine, right. that, you know, which we all know, um, the love interest in the story was Makai Pfeiffer. Right. I saw he that ad. Yeah. I saw yeah. that. And that <laughs> was, that was funny. So I just liked the way they kind of did the whole, you know, ramp up in the presentation and it was all done extremely well. So by the time, um, I think they, they come on, I think it was maybe they can't, they were maybe, maybe 10 minutes like I don't think they were maybe like six or seven minutes like it wasn't it wasn't a super long wait time mm-hmm. um but by 10 minutes in um they had cracked the million the the million viewer mark on Instagram so um in addition to um the event being um you know uh, a versus battle they tied it into uh, Michelle Obama's campaign when we all vote. Okay. So any of the merch that they sold from the battle, you know, because Versus has all their imaging and logos and, you know, specific things to Brandy and Monica, all of the proceeds for that went to uh, when we all vote. And they also had links to voting. So it was a combination of a fun time and also serious time. So as soon as they, before they even actually get ready into the battle, up pops on the screen. Kamala Harris. Ah, yeah, I saw that. I'm watching. She's like, you know, this is great. We're going to have a good time. Thank you, ladies, both for, you know, encouraging people to sign up to vote, you know, donating money to When We All Vote. And on the screen, you'll see what Terrence is sharing. They raised $250,000 for When We All Vote 
and 35,000 people clicked on the link to sign up to vote. Uh So outside of the fun stuff that we'll talk about in a minute, I wanted to bring up, you know, some key things because we all know in what, about 50 days, one of the most important elections, they say at every election. Right, I was going to say. (laughs) (laughs) You know, one of the really important ones. So I just wanted to acknowledge that, you know, they got Kamala to to come on screen and and do a little intro. Michelle Obama was in the comments getting her life. Uh And even Joe was in there. I don't know who was manning his his IG at the time, but he was in the flag. Yeah, so the the spot I saw with Kamala Harris, you know, I, I didn't get the impression that it was any sort of advertisement for voting for them this fall. It wasn't any sort no. of advertisement for We Are Vote or any sort of... It was like she was a legit fan. So that was cool to yeah. see her. And she had a Howard t-shirt on. Right. So she didn't even have anything related to the campaign. Right, and right. And then Mitchell, so that was dope as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, so just, just some of the numbers. And I can't... There's so many zeros. I don't even know I can read these right. So, uh, you know, the thing that I'm watching on the screen or put on the screen is it was a uh, 1.2 uh, concurrent viewers. So that uh, means throughout the whole thing, 1.2 million. It was, it stayed, it got up to one, 1 million. Then it went to 1.1, then it went to 1.2 and it pretty much stayed at 1.2 the entire three hours. Right. Uh, it dropped down when they took a break, but when they came back, it went all the way back up. Right. And it, it went kind of late. It went longer than most versus battles. So I think by yeah, the time I heard that was an issue too. To, yeah. <laughs> by the time it was at the end, it dropped down to like 1.1, but it was still, you know, for the most for probably 90% of 90, 95% of the battle, it was at 1.2 million. And that's just on Instagram mm-hmm. over on Apple music. They had more views. They had more than 1.8. Mm-hmm million views um and for versus they said that this was their highest viewed versus ever yep yep so they raised two hundred fifty thousand. was raised for we all vote when we all vote uh Mm -hmm. like you mentioned three thirty five thousand people clicked the sign up the vote uh i want to say a hundred million stream likes uh a total of when you press the heart in the on Instagram. Right. Uh, 4.2 million total viewers. Uh, I can't even read this. 5 so billion impressions? 5 billion. Over 5 billion impressions. Right. Yeah. Um, oh. And it was the highest tweeted battle ever. Right. Because that's all was on my timeline. Right. And it was a number trendy topic. Right. So so can you give us a breakdown of some of these sure. tweets? Uh, let me see if I can find some while you... Kind of give a breakdown. Let me. Yeah. So the biggest the biggest thing is um, when they first came on, they did address, you know, their history um, and the issues, you know, that they they had in the past. Uh-huh. Um, and they did address that. It definitely the tension was palpable. Really? But really when but when I when they when they talked about it, it made sense. They hadn't seen each other in eight years. Okay. So that along with, you know, the issues, you know, that they've had previously, which they both said were exacerbated by outside forces, not even necessarily them. Okay. But things that were going on around them as related to their feud, it was, you know, it kind of fueled the fire. Right. And I can see that. And there was definitely some shade thrown 
on both sides. Okay. But I think at the same time, there are two different kind of people is what I got from it. Okay. Monica, if you think about it in terms, and a lot of people talk about this, if you think about it in terms of high school, mm-hmm. Monica is a cool kid, right. the cool girl, the popular girl, the cheerleader. And Brandy was kind of the awkward, nerdy. She kind of just says things. And it's like, wait, that didn't make sense. And even she said it. She was like, when she met Tupac um, at, I think, the Set It Off premiere, um, she was she was, he was like, hey, Brandy. And she was like, oh, my God, you know me. And she was like, the first thing that came to her mind was West Side. And she was like, I don't know why I even said that. Right, being like, awkward. Right. Being awkward. And mm-hmm. I think I think that's where... You know, some of the people that the tension that people are reading, I think it just comes from the fact that they have two different personalities. Right. And of course, it was some obvious shade thrown that was funny. Um, it was, uh, I think, uh, one of Monica's songs uh, where she talked about Keegan and Dorian, and it was like, you know, talking about a boyfriend. And then Monica and then Brandon was like, oh, yeah, you will kick the door in and smack some chicks. Because it was a point where it I was think, re- uh, it was reported yeah. that uh, Monica yeah. hit Brandy at some sort of at event. A, MTV. It was right before they performed. I think at MTV VMAs or some sort of something. I think it was the VMAs. Right when the Boy Is Mine came out, um, and I, I mean, honestly, Brandy was kind of annoying. So I, <laughs> kind of, so yeah. I, so what I heard. Well, what I heard was Brandy kept wanting to sing, and Monica wasn't trying to sing, and Brandy kept uh, Monica kept uh, Brandy rather kept trying to get her to sing, and she was like, "No, I'm tired. Of, no, I'm not singing." And then another thing I heard was uh, Brandy was doing some poetry or something. Yeah, when she introduced her songs, she read a poem. She was like, she said at the beginning, "I have my my journal with me." Uh-huh. So before some of the songs, she would read a poem, and that was annoying. And people were like, "Oh my god." <laughs> Somebody was like, this is not the den. It's not open. <laughs> and the den, if you know, if you don't know, was a fictional um, cafe from the TV show Moesha that okay. Brandy uh-huh. was a star of. And they were like, this is not open mic night at at the den. Right. And so that was kind of funny. And the thing about the singing was Monica did sing okay. some of her stuff. And I think she tried to get her to sing like um, uh, a Negro spiritual. Oh gosh, I can't remember. Sam Cooke song? That song by Sam Cooke? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Monica was like, I don't know. Monica's from the South, so I'm pretty sure she knew the song. But she was like, Monica explained it. She was like, well, this is your turn. So I I was going to let you have your moment because I thought this was a part of your introduction to the next song you were going to play because she had been doing the poems. Uh And then the other thing was at the end, I thought, and I think everybody did think that the boy is mine was going to be the last song. Oh, okay. Got you. And when they didn't, and when um, the boy is mine played, Brandy was singing it and Monica wasn't. The reason I think she wasn't singing it is because she threw some shade and she was like, well, you know, this is originally my song and I wrote it and it was my song on my album and it was really great. But then I was like, you know what? It needs a little something. Then I invited you in. Oh, boy. And this is Brandy talking? This is Brandy talking. Oh, boy. And so that's <laughs> when Monica, I think, was completely over by then. And she was like, oh, you want me to sing the song now? But it's your song, right? So, <laughs> so that was pretty much 
you know, the whole wouldn't sing thing. But I will say even you could tell, you know, maybe about 45 minutes or so into it, they kind of settled in mm-hmm. and they were you know, laughing with each other and joking okay. and off mic and stuff. And then like on either side, people kept saying, well, why won't they look at each other, blah, blah, blah. But on one side of the stage, it was Ray J and some of Brandy's people. Mm-hmm. On the other side of the stage, because I mean, they if they need water or whatever, cues or whatever, mm-hmm. Monica's brother and some of her people were on the other side. Mm-hmm. So when they were both looking off in those you know, extreme directions at any point in time, they were actually talking and communicating. They're signaling their, to their people. Right. Right. Uh-huh. And so it like it was like something, but it was just their people on the side. And what I, because I mean, even after it went off, I was still on Twitter because the jokes was flying mm-hmm. and the jokes was great. Um, someone posted the, the, once they walked off stage, they posted what happened after. Mm-hmm. And and I think maybe because it wasn't in the glare of everybody, they could just kind of let their guard a little bit down more. And they knew that they weren't going to be judged and critiqued on everything. And, you know, they were talking, they were laughing. Monica was dancing and tried to, you know, back up on her and dance. They were laughing and they hugged and had like a genuine moment. Okay. And, and people and the people backstage were posting different angles and different things that they did mm-hmm. after the event. And I think some of the, you know, shade or, or, you know, the tension or whatever people are thinking, mm-hmm. I think it was just the glare of all those people because they didn't know how many people were watching until maybe like, you know, a couple of hours in. They were like, you know, we got 1.2 million people watching. And they were like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. I don't think they realized how many people were watching. And then once they realized it, I just think these women came into this industry I think Monica's first album, she recorded. They were young, right? And Brandy came in when she was like young, doing acting and stuff. And we know how, especially now in this landscape of social media, we see how they try and put you in roles. So they had Brandy as the good, sweet, innocent girl. Right. That's what she lied about being married when she was pregnant because she had a whole image to maintain. Right. And then Monica was more of. They want I, they want to say she was marked as a hood chick. Right. I didn't get that when she was younger. I got it. I got the sense that they were trying to say she's just a regular girl. She's like a girl next door from from your you know neighborhood fun or whatever. And I think some of the tension may have stemmed for that. Monica was allowed to really be who she is, uh-huh. and Brandy had to fit into this box of you got the TV shows, you got the Barbie doll, you have all these things. So you are the good girl. You can't curse. Because that was another thing that was weird. When Monica was talking about, she played one of her songs, which I was so surprised they played, but I loved it. Sideline word. (laughs) You can say it. It's all right. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's a song called Sideline Ho. And so Brandon was like, well, we're going to, the next song I'm going to do is kind of going to make up for that one. And she was like, she was talking to her daughter, Sarai, cover your ears. Mind you, her daughter's 18. Right. And I'm sure she said and heard words much more explicit or controversial than hope because that's really not a bad word. Right. But it was just it was just that kind of thing. She was still trying to play into that kind of good girl. You're talking, about, you're talking about now or back then? No, now. On oh, the show. Okay. On the verses. When Monica played the song, she was like, well, I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to bring it, you know, 
we're going to combat some of that. And I'm sorry, Sarai, cover your ears. You know, I don't want you to hear that. And it was just like, don't be the fun police, you know, right. don't kill five. And so it's, to me, it's that type of thing that Monica is like, you know what? I'm a hundred percent me. I'm going to say what I want, do what I want. Right. And Brandy is more of the reserved curated. I won't even say reserved. I will say curated. Okay. You know, and very conscious of making sure that people still like her image. I mean, even in the way that they were dressed, Monica had on this fly Fendi suit. I mean, oh, outfit, lovely. And even though Brandy's outfit was cute-ish and expensive, it just looked like they were at two different things. And I think that speaks to their, you know, personality and their sensibility. Um, So, but it was a great time. You know, um, me and my friends in my different group chats, my Twitter friends, you know, just tweeting and going back and forth. I mean, it was truly a celebration of of black girl magic and black girl time because these two women who are around our age, I think Monica's 39, I think she'll be 40 this year. I think Brandy's 41, 42. So, you know, just to have this cultural moment you know, for all the little black girls who got to see them growing up and got to see, you know, girls who look like us, you know, on TV shows and videos at award shows. It just goes to that. And it brought us back to, you know, our middle school, high school days and, and just, you know, having having a good time and, you know, listening to music, you know, that's fun. Right. Uh, so it, it, it was a great time, you know, had by all. And you know, it wasn't just, um, you know, just the impressions and the views we talked about. This has had actual financial implications for both of them. So um, both I have the I don't know if you want to share it. I'll uh, I'll send it to you. But it's just um, uh, from from Billboard. No, this is not Billboard. Sorry. This is from Apple Music. Brandy and Monica take over 30 out of the 40 songs on the Apple Music's top 40 U.S. R&B and soul charts track. So their streams shot up and they are both for the top 10. They occupy six slots on the top 10 with Monica being the highest at number two. So the first the first six slot, the first of the first 10 slots on these charts Monica occupies six of them, ranking as high as number two for her newest song. Because, I mean, I think this is how, you know, they get people particularly, you know, to do these verses. Because I think Monica wasn't really into it before. Mm -hmm. She had a new song coming out that she got to play and promote. Brandy um, has a new album out that she was able to promote. So their numbers, their streaming numbers are up. So it has actual monetary implications. Right. And it just to show when you give black girls the stage, they always deliver. Okay. And if anybody can, you know, any marketing people or anything, you know, uh, social influencers or any of those type of companies, I think the, 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 the stats that we've seen shows, you know, that, you know, it's still a market and that these are still marketable, you know, and influential people. So like I said, I had a good time. I danced around my house. Right. You know, I sang very loud off key. Okay. Because I sang both parts. 
of the boy is mine because that is what we do. Uh-huh. We do not choose which one. We sing both parts. But um, oh yeah, you have it on the screen. So this is the top forty, and this shows that them occupying what about eighty seventy five eighty percent of the charts. All right. So so yeah. So all that to say is yes, Terrence. They had the hits. Okay. To do a. All right. All right. Well, I pre- appreciate the the roundup. Uh, definitely interesting. Uh, it'd be interesting to see where they oh, go. Too. So what? Um, you can go back and listen. Oh yeah. To yeah. Right. Apple Music. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And on title, they do the playlist uh, as well. So you can definitely follow along. Exactly. If you didn't, if you didn't catch it like I had, I did not. So I'll probably go back and do some nostalgia and uh, see if I can sing. Uh, all the songs. It was definitely nostalgia. It was definitely nostalgia. It was really, it was fun. And then they did a whole part where um, they played two songs back to back. Um, one for Chadwick and Cole, no, one for Chadwick and then Brandy played one and kind of dedicated it to Chadwick. And then apparently Monica is really good friends with Vanessa Bryant. Um, and she oh, played yeah, right. um, one of her songs that, um, she said it was either Kobe's favorite song or Vanessa's favorite song. Okay. And it was one of them. And they, you know, they pulled, you know, and talked about both of them and all of the, you know, the pain that, and, you know, that people were feeling and wanted to definitely, you know, pay homage and definitely give them, you know, um, a little shout out and, and talk about them and play songs, you know, for them. So during that part, it was nothing but tears and the timeline was in tears um, because it was just, it was really sweet and it was really touching. So, it was just a good time had by all. And like I said, Twitter makes everything better. Now, over on Instagram, apparently people are taking it too serious. And I'm glad I don't be on Instagram like that. What do you mean? They were like, like the fans were like really arguing. Oh, she, yeah. She's singing the boy's mind because she can't handle the runs that Brandy's do. I mean, it was just, it was like, that's why I had them muted like for the past week. Right. I had names Brandy Monica muted because people were just being jerks. And I'm like, let us have fun time. Let's enjoy it for what it is. We know it was some bad blood and some issues. They seem to have had a conversation. I think they probably still need to have another one based on some of the interaction, the tension that we perceived. Right. It could have just because it could have just been the lens that we're viewing it from. But uh, it was just like we just want to get online and have a good time and laugh and reminisce. Um, so. I had a blast and it definitely took me back to those times and just songs that I hadn't thought about in years when they played them, it just instantly snapped and you're back in that moment and you're just singing along. So all right. it was fun. All right. So I appreciate that roundup. Uh, definitely. So will be interesting to see where they go next. Uh, definitely see how this, how this grows. Does this grow into something larger than just something to do while COVID or, do these latest numbers show that there is definitely a platform that needs to be taken uh, seriously outside of Instagram, maybe even outside of Apple music, uh, whether it be something specific to our culture, or if this is a new phenomenon in general of artists uh, going online, going virtual uh, in addition to, or in place of being able to do in-person entertainment. So we'll see if that takes off. All right. So let's move into the hookup. Um, I, I did a little piece about this recently on my site uh, about people. A lot of the issues that a lot of people have with Max 
is because it takes so long for their computer to start up. And one of the things that you can do immediately to speed up your startup, um, how long it takes for your computer to start up, is by turning off a lot of the login items, like applications that are you have set to automatically open or start when you start up your Mac. So if you're not familiar with that, I was going to do a quick run through and I may be able to share my screen even so you can actually see the process. So I'm going to see if I can share my screen. Uh, it is just produce the show. Well, I don't, well, I don't know if it's going to work because the screen is. Just, oh, there we go. All right. So basically what you have to do in order to turn off uh, login items is you have to go to your system preferences. In most cases, the system preferences is going to be in the dock or the tray at the bottom where the applications, or you can do a search for system preferences, or you can open you up. Sure? I am. I have, you can't see this part because it's doing the whole thing. But once you click system preferences, um, the system preferences screen will pop up on your computer. And where you need to go is you need to go to users and groups. Once you click on users and groups, it'll show you a list of all the users or accounts that you have on your computer. Uh, in the middle where it says it has password, if you click on login items, if you click on the login items, it'll show you all of the applications that open or start once you start your computer. And then here you can go and either unhide those applications to where they will either show up uh, on your screen or you can hide them to where they run in the background. Or if you click the little negative or minus symbol, uh, you can actually remove the selected items from the list. Uh, then what will happen is with this cleaned or when you have that turned down, it won't have to run through all those applications you actually have to start up or have to open when you start up your Mac and to easily add them back. You click the plus symbol and you find those applications or add those things. Like I said, I took LastPass off, so I'm going to actually put it back. Like I said, you can go ahead and add it back to your login items. So when your computer starts up, it'll automatically open those applications. So uh, the whole point of this, again, if you're noticing that your computer is taking a long time to start up, you may have to go in and trim down or delete some of the login items that you also have scheduled to start once your Mac starts up. So that is my tip for the week to make your computer run faster. Cut down on the amount of applications that are scheduled to open by turning off the login items. So that's my tip for the week. Um, other than that, uh, if you don't have anything else, I think that is it for this episode. Uh, definitely download, rate, and review us. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts, and we're on Spotify. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us on social media at SnobOSCast. You can also watch us on YouTube. Uh, if you want to watch the replay, you can go to SnobOSCast on YouTube. If you do watch the replay, be sure to like and subscribe to the channel. Hit the notifications bell. Do all that YouTube stuff that you're supposed to do so we can get these additional views. Uh, if you want to watch it live, you can definitely support the Patreon. Uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash snob cast. For as little as $5 a month, you'll get access to the live show. 
You'll get access to the pre-show information and content that we don't talk about on the regular show. And you get access to the live Discord chat where we talk all things tech, get ideas from the show, so on and so forth. Uh, if you definitely want to leave comments and suggestions, you can do so. We're on the web at snoboscast.com or you can shoot us an email at snoboscast at gmail.com. So other than that, uh, that is it for the week. Uh, until next week, Peace. Bye. Wakanda forever. <laughs> <laughs>